0: Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting episode with a few guest hosts this week for our March Madness Sport of the Arts version, breaking down some of the best shows we've seen this season. We'll also find out what made Steven say...
1: Yeah, that's and it's so artistic too, there's so much more like going on here than I really see in most percussion shows.
0: And why Tom said... They're
2: just geniuses over there, with their designs... Uh... It's such a great, great team over
0: there. All this and more on this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go.
3: Set it up. Top of the show. Form. Check form. Cover down.
0: Do it again.
1: Run
3: it back.
2: And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to
0: another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. March is Women's History Month, and we'll be celebrating all month long with amazing guests, fun interviews, and maybe we'll learn a bit as we go. It's also Music in Our Schools Month, so let's get right into it. Today, we are going to do a little March Madness of our own. We all know this is the time of the season where people start to get a little edgy and a little excited about how their season is going. Everyone on this podcast has been there, and we want you to know that you are not alone. We're about at the mid-season mark for most of the 2023 indoor season, and we want to take this time to maybe spread a little joy and a little knowledge that can help you get through this part of the season. So let's check in and see who's on the sidelines this week. Tom.
2: Hello, and of course... It is sunny again here in California. (laughs) Not for long, though. We're going to have another round of rain coming.
0: Good. I need to see some rain out in Cali. (laughs) Hey, Stephen.
1: Hey, Jackie. Uh, Cloudy, dismal, and cold in Philadelphia, but happy (laughs) to be here.
0: That's more like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and look who finally showed up. Justin I sure hope you brought Starbucks for everybody.
3: Okay, I am so. Oh, let me catch my breath. I am so sorry. You know, it is spring break kicking down here in Florida Land, and you know, working for the Mouse sometimes it's just really, really hard to get back home. So um, I apologize. I did not have enough time for the for um, Starbucks, but but but. Uh, I have cupcakes. I brought cupcakes. Everyone gets a cupcake. Everyone's going to be just fine. I'm easily wowed with a cupcake, so.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Ashley, you have been here before. We might need to start calling you a regular. (laughs) But, and more importantly, I think, how are you doing? And what have you been up to recently?
4: Uh, Well, two weeks as of today, two weeks ago, I pushed out a little eight-pound, two-ounce baby. So... Um, so we're doing good, you know? Um just hanging out and enjoying this the sweet postpartum time and uh getting ready to move to Washington in a few
0: weeks. Ooh, Washington ooh, nice. area groups, you hear that? Ashley is coming your way.
2: Don't 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 <laughs> looking at you, Cash Cage. <laughs>
0: We have another guest host this week who, dare I say, she is an icon in Canadian color guard. She is the director of Les Eclipse, among many other accomplishments. Well, let me let her brag about it in just a second. Please welcome Cynthia Bernard. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. hi!
1: All right, Cynthia. We've started a new thing with our guests. We call it the 32-count life story, and we want to hear everything about you from birth until now, including all the juicy stuff in excruciating detail, but you only have 32 counts to do it. You think you all can
5: right. do it? Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. Let's try it. <laughs> no pressure. All right.
1: <laughs> you'll have a slow uh, four-count prep off the Met, and then you'll be in.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Set?
5: think that's here so (laughs) i am from Laval, quebec canada what what's going on oh no you're counting off. so i am born in a gym in color my parents met when they were 13 in a drum corps that my grandmother founded and they've been together ever since i started performing i was eight i did my first wgi finals i was 10 um and when my group folded i moved to third legend sonore I taught there, I directed there, I was a designer there, and now I've been, uh, I'm part of one of the three, the three amazing directors of Lazy Clips, and that's it. And I'm a mom, too, but I pushed I her wish, five years ago.
6: Oh my
0: gosh, I wish I had a screenshot of everyone's faces and their mouths just dropping further and further. That was amazing. <laughs> right. I wouldn't have been able to do
4: it. I would have been focused on the Met. <laughs> I mean yeah
1: wgi finals at 10 that's crazy i can't believe that
5: how
4: are you not tired of
5: color guard yet (laughs) oh my god um i think i i i don't know it's my it's i mean it's my i don't know i don't know it's who i am it's in my blood it's in my dna i'm legit born into this activity um and i'm one of those kids that i mean i'm not the only one that Color Guard was a family thing. My dad was the director. He was a drill writer. My mom was a tech. My grandmother was the founder of the guard I was in. My cousin was my captain. So it was a 24-7 oh thing. And when my dad folded the group, I hated him for two years in a row, which I oh. was the worst years <laughs> of my life because I paused Color Guard. And then I went to Third Legend and I found out what was as you know everyone says that color guard, their group are their family where it was legit my thing and when I moved to another group where I had no siblings I think that's where I fell in love with really what it means to have a village and a community and to to be there for the greater good and when I started teaching I realized that that's what I like I like teaching so much more than performing So I think moving from a position to another and changing a little bit what the relationship is with the activity by moving what I'm doing is that my responsibilities. I think that's why I'm not tired of
3: it yet. That's so awesome. But would you say then that like that transition from like the performing side into like the directing side was when it really hit you? Like, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to do.
5: When I started to teach, when I started to teach, um, I started for you guys. It was it's on the later end because I started to teach when I was twenty, about. Um, but for us, there was just no opportunity to teach anywhere, and there was great designers that have been around for so long. And the turnover of staff happened maybe five years ago, and I'm whatever thirty eight. So that's in maybe you know. Um, and the first time I ran a tech block, I was like, "All right, that's it." That's And it's not because I was good at it. <laughs> it's because I realized that as a performer, the thing that I liked the least was performing. So then I was like, all right, well, then I'm on the wrong side of the tarp. And there was one member early on that said that um, I was woke before the woke era happened. And I, and in the past life, I was also, in the summer, I was not doing drum corps. I was a football coach. <laughs> so <laughs>
7: wow okay i mean
5: everyone's learning something so i think (laughs) putting sports psychology with the thing that is in
4: my dna just made sense and and yeah um so i have no idea what color guard looks like in canada could you maybe paint us a picture of you know how how many groups go what is the season looking like um in canada right now well, in Quebec in particular, it's first of all, we start really
5: earlier than you guys. We start beginning of September. Oh, um, I would love to start in September. We start in September, but we don't look that prepared. And I'm not bashing <laughs> no one. I'm a director, <laughs> but we don't look more prepared than you guys. But um, um, yeah, so we start in September. So that's a little different. And the, the, I don't know how to say that, That see, my English, the basin, the, the amount of people that we can go find reach in is so little
8: hmm.
5: and I think that's the biggest difference that we have we don't have marching band we don't have color guards so the people that we have right now are kids of kids of kids of kids that march and oh, to a certain yeah. point there's less kids than there were so
4: and they're all
2: independent groups correct <laughs>
5: there there's one well in Quebec because I, I the rest of Canada I don't know it's quite a
2: <laughs> I don't think any of us do
5: <laughs> but, but um but in Quebec there's only one high school uh, I taught there for 10, 12 years. There's one high school, and it's a great place to go get kids. But depending on the staff, they just follow along to the independent group. Uh, but they don't perform at WGI because there's a rule. Anyway, that doesn't allow us to, to perform in scholastic classes as international. Right. Um, but, yeah, they're all independent. and But they're really good. I mean, we have, I don't know, uh, I think it's two cadets. Two regional A, two A's, one open. Seniors are a big thing. Oh, That's really? where the staff go. They go on the tarp and they perform. So you guys <laughs> have a
2: local circuit and there's you know a dozen groups every weekend. That's cool. Yep,
5: yeah, exactly. And then we do regionals depending on who and what color guard, but we do one to two regionals and third legend, open class and laser clips, a to WGI championship.
0: Ah, it's so cool. It's so refreshing to see a different, uh, a different take on winter garden, a different take on this activity than than the exact way that we do it every single year. It is time for our little segment that we like to call winter watch. Each week we will have our hosts and correspondents fanning out around the country to keep us up on what's going on with the winter activity. Since this week we are mostly talking about out indoor, we thought we would get the last weekend recaps taken care of right up front. Now, Cindy is headed to the Dallas Regional this weekend, so her recap for that will be coming next week. But Justin has us all covered. So, what do you got, Justin?
3: All right. Um, So it was another great weekend, of course, for Winter Guards and WGI across the nation with shows at Union City, California, Richmond, Virginia, Bakersfield, California, Bellevue, Nebraska, Phoenix, Arizona. So many places. Um, Now, my breakdown is going to be more analytical than you're used to hearing. You know, Cindy's really great about talking to the shows and all that. I, being a judge, more a little on the score sides of things. Um, But I promise I'm going to do my best to keep it fun. Um, So I want to start in um, by diving in this week with the Bellevue, Nebraska competition, um, where all of our winners from each class were reaching into the 80s, which is so awesome awesome um, to see at this stage in the season um, with our regional a groups even uh really putting up a showing and putting up some nice spreads in the class um with bellevue east high school jv taking first place with an 82.24 um being five points above second place um hickman high school there um independent region A found malachi regional a um breaking into the 80s with an 80.01. It's only that, you know, one hundredth of a point, but hey, they got into the eighties this time of the year. It's awesome to see for sure. Um, making our way to the Scholastic A class, we saw Liberty High School from Missouri winning the class with an 81.5, another solid 80 score. Um, but close on their heels was Sioux Falls Lincoln High School at an 80.9. So um, as usual with Class A, no matter where you compete, always a super close race to the top there. Um, Independent A saw a clear winner um, through with Lakeville South High School. Um Bellevue East High School may have been the only open class contender there, but they came in with a solid 76.7 score. Always great to see there. Um, Heading over to the Phoenix show, there was a super tight race in the Scholastic A class with Mountain Ridge High School and San Marcos High School and Corona del Sol Sol, um, High School um, being the top three, but all within a point of each other. Um, now the great, that's a great thing to see. Um, cause when we see that, that just means that all three groups have amazing shows and each had a stellar run, making the job really hard for the judges to place them. Um, and with any other panel, those placings could have been different. So it's a big congrats to those performers and the staff for putting out great shows, making it hard on us judges to try to figure out who is, um, the top of the crop there. Um, And then we'll see her Palm Desert High School and Chino High School and Scholastic World also were within a point of each other. Again, just making it so hard for us, Um, judging them and trying to figure out who indeed is on top. Different panel could have been different results. And personally, that's what I love to see. I love to see when the groups are out there giving great shows, great performances, um, you know, making it hard for the judges to really figure out who's on top. Um, So we love to see it at this stage in the season. Um, let's see here, some highlights from the Richmond show uh, would be against Galactic A-Class. They're a solid 84.47 coming from first place Grassfield High School, clearly leading the pack with second place being um, two points behind them, uh, that being Holly Springs High School. Um, And then, of course, an independent world class over their first flight, putting out an 80.3, reminding us just how great of a program they have over there. Um, final highlights I got here is going to come from the Union City. We have the always entertaining James Logan High School coming out, um, putting up a solid 75.65 over there in Scholastic World. Um, but the big fight was like the trend, as we've seen, is in Class A, uh, where we had some great scores from Granite Bay High School with an 82.92 um, for first. Um, Amador Valley High School with a 79.97 for second and Golden Valley High School coming in third with a 78.03. So still pretty close. You know, it's only midseason. All of those places could change at any moment. Um, But so many amazing groups out there just once again showing how great the activity is out there having fun, telling us stories and making us feel all the emotions while watching. Um, I know I'm excited to see shows live this Saturday at the Palm Beach, Florida competition, WGI. Um, And I'm hoping that I'm going to see some of you guys out there. So, yeah, that's the weekend color guard.
0: All right, Stephen is back with a percussion recap. Lots happening over there. So what's going on with those drummers, Stephen?
1: Yeah, we had five different regionals this last weekend, kind of a big regional the same way it was for Color Guard. Um, in Avondale, Arizona, Flux Indoor Percussion scored an 83.35 in PIW to win their uh, unit. Vision Percussion swept all captions for PIO, scored an 85.6. Foothill High School won PSO with a score of 83.05 and Williams Field High School won PSA with an 84.425. Something I thought was interesting about all the regionals mostly for this weekend is it was in a lot of sort of underrepresented areas of the country as far as like how many programs are out there. So that one was in Arizona. Our next uh, show was over in Utah, in Kaysville, Utah where uh, Ogden High School won PSA with a 78.7, but Nebo School District Combined Schools actually received a higher sub-score of 79.1, but they had a one-point penalty at finals. Uh, So clearly some interesting little races going on over there in Utah. Uh, Lone Peak High School was able to win PSO with a 78.55, and Gold Spike Percussion won Independent Open with a score of 76.4. Uh, moving a little further east to Denver, Colorado, Santaris high school, one PSA with a score of 86.35 fossil Ridge high school, one PSO with an 80.05 and the blue Knights one PIW with a score of 85. And I absolutely love hearing about the blue Knights indoor percussion ensemble. I feel like they are underrepresented and everyone forgets that they exist. Um, but I don't, and I love them. For sure, uh, <laughs> they're
2: like MGM, you know? they're a staple of, of indoor percussion. They were there from the beginning.
1: Exactly, yeah, going way back. Those old Mike Nevin pits, yep. um, Blue Knights indoor percussion, they really set the stage. Um, they walked so we all could run. But <laughs> at Knoxville High School, uh, well, I don't know which high school, but in Knoxville, Tennessee, Oak Ridge High School won PSA with a score of 83.15. Ravenwood High School won PSO with a score of 85.45. Sparkman High School won PSW with a score of 85, and Audio Theater won PIW with a score of 80.25. Now, our largest uh, regional of this weekend took place in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Over here, we had Vanderbilt High School uh, winning PSA with a score of 80.9. Pace High School won PSO with a score of 81.45. Pedal High School won PSW with a score of 81.25, and we actually had four independent world ensembles go out to compete. So in last place in PIW, we had Strike scoring a 78.25, followed by Infinity 2, who's doing pretty well. Uh, so it seems after getting bumped to world class, they scored a 78.9, uh, followed by Infinity's main world-class ensemble. They came in second place with an 84.6, Then, like Tom was just mentioning, perennial favorite Music City Mystique rounds out the contest, sweeping all the captions. They scored an 88.55. And that's Um, a cool show. Yeah, Plastique. I I like it. I like it. Um, I do too, yeah. Sometimes I get a little biased about MCM uh, having marched Rhythm X, but I think it's a good MCM year. (laughs) It's a fun (laughs) show
2: both of those shows are good this year to be honest
1: they are and that rhythm x snare line is something they have some crazy music and they're super clean early i'm excited uh to watch the show continue to develop but those they already have the hands so we'll see where it goes um but that wraps up wgi regionals i'd be remiss if i didn't mention what happened in california though um at a scpa competition in temecula california we saw a lot of great ensembles go head to head for the first time in psa escondido union high school won first place out of 12 different units with a score of 82.6 in pso great oak high school took the w at their home show they scored an 84 in psw uh Ayala won with a score of 89.25. However, Vista Marietta High School beat them in their sub score uh, prior to receiving a penalty. And It's been a long time since we've seen a shakeup of any of the different Ayala, Chino Hills schools.
2: W- was really? Chino, not well. there or? Chino? Yeah.
1: No, they didn't compete this weekend, unfortunately.
2: Okay, interesting. But...
1: But yeah, Vista Marietta was able to beat uh, Ayala in sub-score. So I'm just interested to see another ensemble over there kind of pierce into that top echelon of of scholastic world. Um, But I saved the best for last. Uh, We saw all of our favorite SoCal PIW groups go head-to-head for the first time of the year at this Temecula show. Um, So in fifth place, we had Vessel, who scored an 82.25. Then in fourth, we had Gold Indoor Percussion, who scored an 87.55, which is honestly not shabby at all. That's a that's a pretty good score. Now I'll overshadow that with uh, the behemoths of our California groups. So in third place, we had Broken City, who scored a 91.6. And uh, now that they have some videos available online, I can confidently say that Broken City is playing some cool, interesting things this year. Drum nerds need to go check out a video of their snare line. They play this, like, diddle shots thing, which I thought was kind of really sick. But anyway, in second place, then we have RCC, who scored a 92.2. And I haven't been able to find a video of their show yet, but I promise you all, their drum set player is the truth. And I don't know if you can handle the truth, but you should You should check out that RCC <laughs> video for that. Um,
4: <laughs> diddle shot...
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to watch broken city's snare feature and see it <laughs>
2: get on. come on get out there it's
1: like playing a uh like playing a role but they play it with rim shots um which i haven't really seen anyone do maybe a me, yeah like an i and e or something but what's what's a
0: what's a role and what's a rim shot
1: it's just really <laughs> fast and there's a lot of noise and it's loud <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> Oh a lot of noise and light, so it's so it's drumming.
1: Yes,
2: <laughs> like tossing an eleven and then doing like a three sixty under it. <laughs> <It's>,
0: okay, okay.
1: <laughs> it's impressive. uh Clearly, I can't explain it well enough. Maybe, maybe you should just watch the Broken City guys do it.
4: I, um, I love like was a bunch of noise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Essentially, it's kind of what it sounds like. um but this just still leaves one ensemble pulse percussion to take home the gold medal at last weekend's show. They managed to score a 93.2 and won every single wow. caption wow. except for the overall effect sub caption of music effect. but otherwise they swept it all and scored a 93.2 oh, really? proving themselves to still be absolutely dominant. And <laughs>
2: they might be, they might have a, might not have anybody chasing him right now that's for sure
1: yeah no it was a little closer between broken city and rcc than it was to uh to pulse this week but we'll see everything can change when it gets to dayton nothing really matters until you get there
0: everybody is sticking around after this quick rehearsal chunk so we can talk about our favorite shows get back out on the floor cynthia wants to work with the sabers ashley hopefully you got the dancers uh steven will you grab the rifles all you got to do is count them off do
1: you really want me to okay (laughs) i'll go over there and make sure he's got it it's fine (laughs) no
0: no no tom go with the flags but justin i love chaos too much you and i are gonna go take care of the drum line
3: Ooh, i love it i'm on my way
9: hey this is nicole one of your hosts for on a water break and i want to tell you about the cookout The Cookout is an event celebrating people of color in Color Guard. This event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, a.k.a. Headquarters. There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to the Cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram. It's thecookoutcg.com our Facebook page, The Cookout. We can't wait to see you there.
10: Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres.
6: Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment.
10: Check out our fun merchandise and gift items.
6: We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Contact us for custom show design services.
10: Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program.
6: Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season.
10: Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media.
0: All know, those sports people over there with the big orange balls are worried about their brackets falling apart. But when we get to use the courts, we're worried about an entire show falling apart, or maybe just our performers. Either way, we're at the mid-season place for our winter activities, and we thought it may be fun to dive into some shows that our hosts are in love with. Now, all the shows we will be talking about are available on YouTube, and we will put the links in the description so you can find them and let us know what you think. I'll start us off. The group that I am so excited to be talking about today is from Orlando. It is Haggerty High School. The show that they're performing this year is actually the show that they did in 2020. So the season that we got cut off, they're going back to that show and decided to go ahead and push it through. But yeah, if you guys have watched this, it's actually been featured on the FFCC social media as well. So I thought that was pretty cool to get to see them there. Um, And their whole entire team is juniors and under. So there isn't a single person who's on the team who was in the original performance in 2020. So Justin, have you got to see them live down there in Orlando?
3: girl i haven't just seen them live i've been in there working and helping and building that Yay! show i'm a part of that team
0: <laughs> i mean i suspected uh, i did not want to like you know just call you out for it
3: <laughs> well sure i mean our mutual friend hawken i mean he uh hit me up and he's like hey uh would it be crazy to do the show that i didn't get to actually do because of covid and i was like I don't think it's crazy. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but um, I'm digging it. So let's do it as someone who wasn't a part of the first version um, to just come in and kind of be that guiding voice to be like, well, what if you did it this way? Or what if we did this way and taking his vision and just amplifying it and for him to finally get to see it live? Like, it's so great to watch those kids perform, too. I mean, I could talk for another hour on that. I know we've got other shows to (laughs) talk about, but um like jackie when you said that that was your show that you were going to talk about i was like oh okay (laughs) she's taking my show i don't know what to talk about (laughs) (laughs) but no it's yeah it's great um there are some videos out there of course definitely give it a look um, because you know it's not always about the groups that are in the bigger classes yeah. you know all the all, all the classes put on such awesome shows that's, and it's just
0: so I fun. love my little I love my little class guards and that's you know that's kind of always where my heart has been coming from that sort of background myself and and working with so many different little guards
3: it's just so cool um and it's just really awesome like I love working um, with those groups who like are grassroots and do everything themselves. So it's also been so much fun just to get back into it and get your hands dirty. Well, a- again, we, I could talk about if, it for <laughs> hours. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. If anybody <laughs>
0: saw them last year, seeing the uh, the show that they did last year, they did, did the big sorry board and it was like Quit Playing Games With My Heart by Backstreet Boys. So like this is such a different flavor and it's beautiful to see these performers develop through these different genres. So I just have been in love with watching them throughout this season and and granted i'm only watching through video i'm not actually there in person but just getting to see that is really cool i'm
4: gonna need to go back and watch the show from last year that sounds so
0: cute. it was so cute
3: <laughs> oh my gosh it was so cute so many kids on a little sorry board you will like but it was so cute so cute
5: <laughs> i mean the uh, 2022 and having the season getting over cut so short that for the kids, I mean, we were so focused on the kids, but the designers that have shows that didn't ever show up to the yeah. WGI championship is heartbreaking. And we're not the focus. The kids are the focus, but yeah. you said that. And I have like goosebumps because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of designers that just felt a lot of griefs with their show. So bringing it back is that makes sense. It, it does. It's not, it's, I want to copy this. I want to do my, do my it. 2020, do you know? your 2020
0: yeah, show, Cynthia. Do it, Cynthia.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Cause I had the same response. He came to me and was like, would it be crazy? And I'm like, yes, but you must do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: actually something that we talked about doing last year at Spintronics when we decided to mm-hmm. go world and, and it was like, man, we could go back and redo the 2020 show because we didn't get to finish it. But you know, we had these all these other ideas and these things to move forward and it's just like, man, what could that 2020 show have been if we had been able to finish it out? I don't know. What about on the percussion side of things? Steven, what do you got for us?
1: Yeah, my show that I, I just keep really enjoying is Infinity's show this yes. year. Um, speaking about Infinity 1, at least. I know that Infinity 2 is also just killer right now. But they do a show where they move around all these big, like, sort of white pieces of paper they look like. And they have maybe like 14 of these big judge blocker style props that they're moving around. <laughs> and with that, they get to like restage the floor constantly. And they're always hiding the members that you're not supposed to watch. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what the different drawings mean as they're like drawing on to the pieces of papers with throughout the length of the show. Um Right now, I just think it's like a really fun show visually, just the way that they get to like weave their performers in and out of the scene. Um, And they have some like really awesome, really cool section features. Like their cymbal line is great. They uh, they bring out, so it's just the top two bass drummers at one point, which is that's my bag. That's what I've always done. So I, I love seeing a moment like that where it's just the top two out on the floor and there's no one else to watch or pay attention to. I feel like this show that they're doing is one of the most like fun and well-designed shows that I've seen this year. Has anyone else gotten to see that?
2: Uh, yeah, I have. It's, it's <clears throat> the whole infinity program. Uh, one, two, three, 12. I don't know how many <laughs> they have. Like they're just geniuses over there with their designs. Uh, it's such great, great team over there.
1: Yeah, and I like it, too. They're not, like, trying to be derivative of some other, like, trend in show design. They're, it just seems like they're doing what they do well, which is, like, making a fun program. So yeah. I, I like that.
2: Yeah, good story. and a, a, Yeah, well done on, on all levels, yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm literally watching it on my phone while we're talking about it, and I am mesmerized. I mean, I'm always, I mean, it's always fun with moving props. I'm always a fan. Um, especially when it's done well Um, and just the cool kind of like peekaboos and the like disappearing Mm. and reappearing like it's it's one of those things where it's like oh so simple but so effective and that's like my favorite things when i'm watching any shows whether that be you know our winds friends you know percussion guard no matter what like effects done well i'm in all the time um, yeah. And now I'm super intrigued about these pictures, too. And I can't stop staring at them trying to decipher what the message is. There's always <laughs> a message. Always there a has to
1: message. be something to it, right? <laughs> I've actually thought sometimes that props and how you use them are the only thing you could do to really make your show unique. Because everyone else is going to be, you know, drumming on snare drums, drumming on bass drums, and having a front ensemble. To some extent, the only thing that actually is different about all these shows is the props. So, and the costuming. so. i always think how
2: you use them though it really is yeah Mm -hmm. and how you use them you know i've seen groups go way over the top and Mm -hmm. the performance itself unfortunately wasn't you know up to the prop level
1: right (laughs) yeah you can't sacrifice one for the other but i definitely think like fun and, and new exciting usage of props is really cool
0: cynthia which show is absolutely amazing to you this year
5: for people that know me, I was trying to find some another group, but I've been a fan of Onyx for since the beginning of the 90s. Actually, I don't know when Onyx was created, but I think about 896 and Bohemian Rhapsody and whatever, for the for the people that have access to those videos and remember this. And this year, when I stumbled upon the video, I was really, really happy to see kind of the two, I don't want to, kind of the two styles of Michael Lens coming together and, um, and is more classical, um, minimalistic uniform and stay in field and all that, but is more hip- upbeat. Uh, class still classic and orc- orchestra, orc- orc- orchestral.
0: orchestra, <laughs> orchestral.
5: K- that's good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> music, but a little bit more upbeat. And then when you just watch this, and there's one thing that I learned when I was going to school. And always said that the public is always smarter than the creator. And that means that as a unit, the public is always going to know more than just one person, even though it's your show and it's your program and it's your, you know. And Mm -hmm. so I like to think that I see things that I think that was the intent. And maybe it is, maybe it's not. But it's a show about uh, Trentela. Which is a dance, a folklore dance, and if I'm going too deep, I'm really analytics about things, so maybe that's not interesting. But um, this is what we love yourself.
0: here.
3: No, it's so pretty interesting, right? Keep, <laughs> keep going. Um,
5: Tarantella is a folklore dance from Italy, and uh, from all folklore folklore dance. Well, sorry, it's it comes from like a story, and the story is that a girl got beaten by a tarantula, and then there's two branches that says that one that girl starts to dance and kind of go crazy and dance faster and faster and faster. And that's because of the fight. And the other branch says that it's because she needs to dance and dance and dance to kind of sweat off the venom. Right. And so then when you, see, and that's the folklore of it. So when you see the show, there's tarantulas, the girl that starts, she looks like a spider and then you see spider like movement here and there, but that's also mixes with very classic folklore footwork under tosses and other moments really really contemporary onyx movement that is not related to the folklore itself but just the idea that the movement goes crazy and crazy and it just gets to chaotic place so i think it's really real interesting to see that show and then there's other things about like the folklore when you go in a family and you dance that dance it's in a circle and then there's a couple in the middle that dances So then there's a circle at a point where there's a soloist and then it opens up because that's how the folklore kind of moved to shows where it was a family dancing in a circle. I'm doing hand movement and no one can see me, but family (laughs) would dance in a circle, but then to do a show, it opens up in a half circle, right? So then the circle opens up to half circle, but it's always a soloist that goes in the middle. So, I mean, I don't have Michael Lentz on my phone, but I think that's what he thought of doing, or at least (laughs) that's what I see. And I think it's really, really interesting. And not just to say that in movement, if, if you're, I don't know who can surpass them. They have a really good um, balance between doing really classical thing that will score on the sheet without a doubt, because it's like so obvious, so there, so well done, and then really awkward movements, but are done everyone the same way. <laughs> so it's cars also, because you know, they have the training, but then you can bring something really different. So I'm just really happy to see that program in the field. And I like the way that Michael Lentz kind of goes and does, I think, research to other artists and other things that we can go and research and get more knowledge on. So I love the program this year and I cannot wait to see them. And they look like a hundred people. Oh my board. gosh, they do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm actually watching them now and I'm really happy that you pointed out all that stuff because I would not have gotten that on my Absolutely own. <laughs> not. No, <laughs> no, no chance. Um, but when I pointed out, I can totally see um, you talk about like the tarantula kind of movements being done by some members on the floor. Meanwhile, there's other members doing more classic like sort of color guard mm-hmm. dance styles. And it makes this like contrast that's really visually interesting just to watch as a performance. I think when you combine the fact that the floor is white or it's black with the members, and then you have members that are either doing this sort of like arachnid sort of movement or you have members that are doing more classical artistic like elements of dance. You get this like sort of contrast that the, I feel like the program is about mm-hmm. in some sense from like what I hear you saying. Yeah. Um, even down to the idea that like it's about a woman fighting a tarantula, you kind of have this struggle between two ideas like being the center stage of this program. Um, yeah. And
5: it's really interesting that it comes from something that is so historic. Like it comes from, it's so weird to have a folklore and then a tarantula and, but to make, make sense of it. And cause I mean, I, I, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, and it's so artistic too. There's so much more like going on here than I really see in most percussion shows. Tom, uh, which show were you watching this week? What do you think is your favorite one this year?
2: Well, so when when jeremy texted me what's your favorite show i like screamed to it escapade 1995 and then i read the rest of the message this year i said oh (laughs) uh my favorite group right now this year uh and and it's it's in line with steven is infinity 2 they're doing sweeney Mm -hmm. todd it's a it's a visual delight
0: i love sweeney todd oh my gosh Yeah, and it's such a
2: clever visual show and I think that's what got them pushed up to world class. Just the design of it is is right on par and it's you know, even if you're not into drumming, the visual presentation alone, you know what's going on all the time. You're not like you don't lose sense of the show, you know, you're like, Oh, okay, this kind of falls off the, the track for a second. No, it doesn't. You can you're just drawn in by everything happening the entire time. So well done to the Infinity team. Those guys are kicking butt over there.
5: Yeah, I was watching the show and I was wondering where not where they were going because the story is obvious from the get-go, but like how they build. I was like how are they going to have an ending? And then the ending, you need to go see, but the ending is so cool, so well done.
2: But yeah, talk about use of props. They have a good one in the show. And mm. and, and they have a few that move that I thought was really cool. Moving props are always fun.
1: Yeah, I'm swiping along the show now to try to see the moving part. Do you know, like, where in the show that is? Is it near the middle, the end?
2: I want to say it's probably towards the end, I think, when the props start moving.
1: Oh, okay. I see something going on over there. A lot happens. They bring
2: it right up front stage for you. It's really clever.
5: Uh, How they use symbols as a... How do you call them?
0: Like a... Yeah. (laughs) Like a serving platter, like... Maybe, maybe like really or
2: whatever yeah really fun show yeah. and, and you can tell the, the members like enjoy performing this
11: show
1: oh yeah so
5: all how old would be those members like around
1: infinity 2 infinity 2 probably still has a lot of 18 to 21 year olds there might be a, a couple high schoolers but in percussion the age group tends to run a little higher
2: yeah, I, I think it. their their third group, if they still have it, I think is, is the younger kids, the high schoolers. But again, you know, it's in Florida, whether it's like Texas, nine million programs. That's so awesome. So,
0: of course, Cindy sent in her pick for this year. So let's jump to Cindy.
8: All right, y'all. I want to talk about a really cool show. In fact, it's called The Origin of Cool. And the cool factor in this show is over the top. I'm talking about Tarpon Springs and their amazing world-class show this season. And I have to say that we are very possibly looking at your gold medalists. I know the prediction's coming a little early, but uh, uh, they are scoring some pretty incredible scores already this season. And it's going to be tough to beat these kids, and uh, for good reason. They are just doing some amazing stunts. But not only that, the show is just so entertaining and they have also pulled in some kids from the band and uh, like they've got a little small jazz band going on while the girls are out there throwing all the things. Uh, In the middle of all that, they've got a guy with a trumpet and a trombone and some cool jazz sounds, of course. And just when you think it can't get any cooler, the musicians themselves do some pretty cool moves, too. So it's really neat how they've incorporated some of the band students in with this world-class guard. And that's a, just a world-class organization, really. And I hate that I'm not going to get a chance to see this show live anytime before April. But I know it is going to be a real treat. And
4: I'm thinking we might yeah new record high score i don't know it's really really good y'all yeah i you know i was watching it and i was thinking about you know how there's so many ways that you can spin the idea of cool and you know visually what would that look like so it was really interesting to me i you know i get a lot of blue devils vibes um you know i think circa maybe 2003 and just like the clean cut of the costumes and um, I really love that palette that they use too. Um, I don't know. I just even I, I think what stands out to me the most is just in in the vocabulary of the movement and how the kids do just the tiniest little nuances. It that's what it eludes the idea of cool to me. And um, I mean, I I would just echo everything that cindy said it was great so that's definitely um my fan favorite for this year
3: i mean i would agree that i mean it's great um i mean they always put out great shows i love the fact that even though know, we've got the band kids out there and all that but if i i mean i'm gonna be the one that doesn't fully agree with everything oh gosh everything that um cindy said um and it might be because i'm a little biased but i mean i have to throw out there the just pure amazingness that avon high school show over in indiana is this year i mean it's called jane bond um, playing on the whole like james bond thing How cute. but if you watch it and if you know it it's one of those and this is what i love about daniel wiles when he puts on shows and all that he always throws in like All of the research and everything. So if you watch it, it starts off with this huge homage where he just does so many things that the Cavaliers did when they did their James Bond show, including the different exchanges. They create the same drills. It looks very simplistic. But if you know your shows and you know your history, you're just watching it going, oh, my gosh, they are out there doing basically exactly what the Cavaliers did. Um, and then he takes it from there and it starts to meld into, like, you can literally watch the, uh, the uh, changes of Color Guard and Winter Guard throughout the years. Um, and I like Cynthia using my hands, and no one can see them. Um, but uh, it just start. It, it starts with the old classics. It melds into that era of where it was all about you know what skills you can do, and then it starts throwing in the body into it. And then we've got moving props. It moves itself into the here and now, and where I can understand that we think that you know Tarpa Springs might win da 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 with their cool show. Um, I disagree. I think Avon is going to pull it out on top again. Um, and I may be a little biased, but I mean, they just, they're hitting all of my favorites right there where I can reminisce about the old shows. I can see, um, you know, I, I, elements in there from old Avon shows and then just to see the big impact at the end with all the cool tricks and throw-ins and toss and everyone's catching everybody the else's stuff. The amount of
0: gymnastics that <laughs> both of these groups are accomplishing is it just blows my
2: mind you know what guys though real quick i mean yeah justin you're right avon's show is awesome but the cool the cool thing about (laughs) the spring show (laughs) being a musician is they have a live drum set player
3: playing to uh, a track which is pretty cool i mean (laughs) I'm not absolutely a percussionist myself I loved it when I first saw saw the drum set and all that but like I said I might have a little bit of bias I think my friends over in Avon are going to take it again but that's just me
5: and then the thing that is interesting is that if you put that to judges sheet the (laughs) fact that the drum goes on the music is cool but I don't think it will score as high in DA than the fact that they go all the way back to James Bond where I mean, the judges are people that saw those 86, 87 show. Am I oh, absolutely. The right years. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be wrong. 83, whatever. But like, I should, I should, yeah, but I, yeah, in the end, it's a it's judges sheets that will decide. So that's really yep. interesting too to see how, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not always about how loud the uh, audience cheers for what you're doing. Oh. It's, it's about the, uh, it's about the, the scores. And, you know, speaking of that, um, We've had a talk about Amp. Cynthia, have you watched their show yet? Oh,
5: yeah, man. talking about screaming. <laughs> 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 I mean, and favorite. If anyone was in the Reno last year, it was, I mean, unbelievable. And then this year, knowing that they were going to do Alice in the Wonderland, and it's really, I've seen just a video. It's very interesting. It's interesting also how they decide their concept. They start the season not knowing what they're going to do. And then with the cast that they have, and they had a Great turnout at um, auditions this year. Um, They take a couple of weeks and then they decide. So the show is really, really tailored to the members and the kids that are on the field and what the story they want to tell. And obviously there's that amp flair and that amp technique. And those two things together, mm, we'll see in uh, the arena. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they might be one of my favorites every single year because I just love how theatrically they approach designing shows and how they perform.
3: Oh, I agree. It's like going to like a mini like theater show and it and they never fail to impress. And I could watch their show over and over and over again. Like, give me one show I have to watch. Like one team that I'm allowed to watch for the rest of my life. I'm choosing AMP cuz they always pulled on such amazing productions. And that's really cool that they tailor it to their kids and don't pick And then choose the kids for who's going to be that best fit. Instead, they pick like the best kids for their group and then build the show on that. I love that philosophy. That's always been kind of my philosophy when I'm trying to pick shows. And it's really cool to see that in an independent level. Because I
2: mean, right, as, as designers and teachers, we're already thinking about next year's shows. Yeah. Right. They're I mean, I have 18 class. shows designed for the
3: next 20 years. So, you know, right.
2: yeah, <laughs> to not to not pick something till this like almost season starts would have me chewed off all my fingernails.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and then you would think like world class, they can they can choose whoever they want for the persona that they want. And that's not what they do. And with Amp, the music too is like its own persona. And in G, it takes so much space. And I don't know if it w- it's the same arranger this year, but last year was Matt Blood, which is like a, was it the, the, a, a pit, a front ensemble person yeah. that did the mix. And he did, I hope it's still him. Cause it, I mean, he created, yes. He created an entire, yeah. he, it's just a persona. It's the.
3: Yeah. It just adds its own, like the music itself is its own performer in on top of everything else. Like totally a great mix. Um, absolutely agree with that
1: yeah luckily we're gonna get to hear even more from an inside source a little bit later on the show i got to interview one of the captains this week kai williams uh, and he had all sorts of insider things to tell us about how amp works and what his experience is over there you guys stick around i think you'll like hearing it
0: all right everyone we are gonna go get set for the final run-throughs in just a bit so uh justin why don't you and steven go work with the bass drums ashley and cynthia head over to the symbols uh yeah they need some work (laughs) on their footwork and uh i'll go with the rest of the
9: battery with tom
0: we can handle this
2: done
9: hey this is nicole one of your hosts for on a water break and i want to tell you about the cookout the cookout is an event celebrating people of color in color guard this event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, a.k.a. Headquarters. There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to The Cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram, it's the cookout CG or our Facebook page, the cookout. We can't wait to see you there.
10: Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres.
6: Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment.
10: Check out our fun merchandise and gift items.
6: We can help you with custom flag at Costuming Designs. Contact us for custom show design services.
10: Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program.
6: Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season.
10: Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media.
0: a fun little Marching Arts, March Madness segment. We have lots more to get on this break, so let's get right to it. Whitney is back with something to say about the mid-season edginess you may all be
7: feeling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Wisdom with Whitney. This week, we're going to touch on how to finish out the season strong and get over the mid-season slump. Winter Guard is a long season, especially if you are in an independent guard or you teach an independent guard or percussion program. Um, and this time is really about getting super comfortable with your show and just making sure you're at a consistency rate of like 90 to 99%. I don't know if perfection is, is ever really attainable, of course. But we can get as close as possible. Um, It is time to really dig in and clean and build as much stamina as you possibly can. Um, When I was marching at Pride, we did this thing called Obnoxious. And it's basically small chunks of your show that you do over and over again. So, um, And I do it with my kids now. I know a lot of people do it with their their groups um, but right now I'm working on three reps of each chunk about 30 seconds each chunk 30 second chunks so we'll do 30 second chunks and this is all done as a standstill you do your first 30 second chunk do it three times or more I like to start out small and work my way up to five five is probably about max because that's five reps of the show and it takes a long time to get through Um, so you do your reps and then you move on pretty much immediately to the next rep without giving them a ton of time between, and this is going to help build stamina. Um, and this is again, done as a standstill. So they're, they're not doing drill. You're just in your spot. Um, I also encourage being close to any partners so they can do partner choreography or lifts or anything like that, but this is really going to help with stamina and um, your mental uh, mental strength and ability to push through and not get in your head. I think that's the other thing about right now is that some students and performers may start getting into their head about mistakes that they've made at other performances. And you just really have to encourage them to go at this at each performance with um, a fresh perspective and to have no fear, no doubt and just to encourage themselves to be mentally tough and remind themselves that they can do it. So be extra positive, really dig in with the cleaning at this point, and I hope everybody has a wonderful end of your season, whether it ends this weekend or in a month. I hope you have a fantastic last couple of performances and can't wait to see everybody at WGI.
0: Thanks, Whitney. Before we get to our gush and goes, we have a new segment from our friends at the Drum Major Leadership Academy. They are going to be giving us some leadership and drum major tips each week. Take it away.
12: It is almost the end of March, which means that leadership auditions are quickly approaching If you are a band director or a student that is getting ready to audition for a leadership position, make sure you take note of these quick tips. Number one, band directors. As much as possible, it's going to be valuable to front load your leadership auditions. And what I mean by this is helping set the expectations in advance. You don't need all the details, but if you want your students to be preparing a conducting piece for drum major auditions, if you need your section leaders to do an interview, make sure they know those expectations in advance. That way they can mentally and physically prepare and you don't have a bucket load of questions and stress later on. For students, even as you're waiting for these expectations from your band directors, now is a great time to be thinking about why you want to audition for a student leadership position, because I promise you that that question will be asked in the interview. And if you don't have a strong response, or you don't have a really grounded reason, it's going to be difficult to prove that point to your band director. So start thinking, is it because you want to improve your ensemble's culture? Is it to develop some new traditions? Is it to be a great role model? Or is it something else? If you can wrap your head around that answer today, or later this week, I promise that you'll be well set for leadership auditions when they come around in another month or two. We wish you the very best in those auditions. And if you want any help preparing, feel free to reach out to the drum major leadership Academy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or any other social media at D M L a training, or visit our website at www.dmlatraining.com.
0: Okay, everyone, it's gush and go time, the time in our show where our hosts get to gush and go on about anything they want having to do with the marching arts. Steven, why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah, sure, Jackie. I want to give a shout out once again to my perennial favorite, Old Bridge High School, who just got promoted to Percussion Scholastic World, Woo-hoo. making them one of the few groups over here on the East Coast to do it.
2: Word.
0: Yeah, Nice.
1: I think I'll be checking them out this weekend at the WGI regional. I'm sure that they got great things going on.
0: Awesome. Cynthia, what would you like to gush and go on about? Well, we, Lazy Clips, are trying to
5: represent yet again Quebec in the A-Class this year at WGI Championship. And as everyone knows, that costs a lot of money. So if you have a buck or two, if Lazy Clips ever touched you anyway... With a performance or a member or a teacher, um, please uh, consider donating to us. You just go to our website, lazyclips.org, and you go to the don section, because it's in French, but you can still give <laughs> <laughs> donate without an issue, and that will help us to get to WGI Championship in April.
0: Um, I need to donate because I had a roommate back when I lived in Brazil who was Canadian and she was like became one of my best friends and like she flew down for my wedding and all this sort of stuff so I will be headed over there personally oh man cool Ashley do you want to gush and go um
4: well you know it's that time of year where I always love to give my shameless plug and talk about my leadership course that I have on my website, www.frontcenterperformance.com, um, I started this business because I felt like there was just a lack of leadership resources in the Color Guard space specifically. We all know that like band directors will do the leadership training for the entire band program, but oftentimes, um, you know, us over in Color Guard and even in percussion land that that content seems to kind of just wash over their heads and it it tends to become a little irrelevant sometimes. So um, I just like to hone in specifically on that section when it comes to my leadership training. So if you're interested, go give that a visit Um, and you can contact me on Instagram or Facebook um, if you have any questions.
0: All right, Tom, what about you?
2: Uh, all right, so I got to gush about a group from uh, my my hometown, my side of the country, although I'm not there. But, you know, Dartmouth High School, once again, uh, winter percussion, they're doing the Raven this year. And it's 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 baller. It's really good. <laughs> Those kids are just taught the best by Tom Ungst and, and that whole team over there. They're just so amazing. If you get a chance, watch that show. It's definitely worth it.
4: All right, Music in Our Schools Month. So for more than 30 years, March has been officially designated by the National Association for Music Education, or NAFME, for the observance of Music in Our Schools Month, the time of year when music education becomes the focus of schools across the nation. The purpose of the month is to raise awareness of the importance of the music education for all children and to remind citizens that school is where ch- all children should have access to music. March it is an opportunity for music teachers to bring their music programs to the attention of the school and the community and to display the benefits that school music brings to students of all ages. The events that surround this month are the ideal opportunities for increasing awareness of the benefits of high-quality music education programs in our nation's schools. NAFME hopes that teachers, students, and music supporters alike will find ways to join in on the celebration through creative activities and advocacy. Learn more about how NAFME works to support music education on their website, nafme.org. N-A-F-M-E All
1: right time for this week's performer spotlight this week i'll be interviewing an experienced performer from one of our favorite color guard units we were just talking about them earlier amp everyone welcome to the show kai williams hey kai
11: hi steve nice to meet you happy to be here
1: yeah nice to meet you as well Um, i was happy to get back around you're now the second person we've got to interview for guard um And everyone's been really excited about AMP, so I thought you would be a pretty perfect person to speak to. Um, Thank
11: you. really excited. This has been a great year so far. It's been a lot of fun, so I'm really excited to kind of uh, give you guys a little bit of behind-the-scenes information and kind of build the
1: excitement. I I usually don't push too hard, but I won't stop you. Um, (laughs) So we like to start this bit with something called Your Life Story in 32 Counts. It'll give you about 30 seconds to just tell our audience uh, who you are, where you've marched, And a little bit of background on yourself. You ready? Okay,
11: I'm ready. Okay, my name is Kai Williams. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Piscataway, New Jersey. Um, I work as a service learning coordinator in New York City. Um, I've been involved in the activity since 2012. I started at Piscataway High School in the Scholastic Novice Winter Guard class. I've marched three years of Open Class DCI, two years of World Class, 2017 with the Crossmen, 2019 with the Cadets, 2016-17 Open Class Q Winter Guard, and 22-23 with amp in the world class i'm a captain at amp um i can spin all three pieces of equipment but i prefer flag so i consider myself to be a career flag
1: there you go got it <laughs> in just by the end there that's yeah, a just... long expensive <laughs> marching career it's been a while yeah i'm
11: 25 now and i'm actually the third oldest on the team and boy i feel old i'm just I'm so <laughs> old there's so many young people doing such like great stuff like one of the kids on our team is 16 and he is just like blowing me out of the water and it's just uh-huh. like wow now it's time to just like give pass the baton on to the next generation that's kind oh,
1: of i, I know, you know exactly how you feel i'm 25 <laughs> as well and i aged out last winter since they gave the corona bonus oh nice like, it's, that's enough
11: yeah, right. Once you like, have that year when you're because it's nice, though, because you're at the certain like state, like mentally, where you're like developed enough where you know what you're doing, you understand mm-hmm. what's happening around you. And I think that's also part of the problem, because you're just like, wow, like, this is taking up so much of my time. Like, I love it so much. I really, really do. And I I also teach and I want to continue teaching and stay involved in the activity. Um, but yeah, growing, I feel like I grew up with color, yeah. color in my life. And it's really, really shaped me for who I am today.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. I feel like that's very relatable. And I, as well as probably a lot of our listeners, will feel the same way. Um, could you tell us a little bit about AMP and what you think makes the ensemble unique? Yeah,
11: I think AMP is a really great group to perform with. Um, it's unique because it's very homegrown. Like, we have people mm-hmm. on the team who've been there for 10 years. Like, um, they definitely retain a lot of people even between this year and last year like most of the cast from this year are people from last year or years prior so um i think there's just a certain kind of family dynamic that we have as well as the instructors like a lot of our instructors are former members who perform there as well so i think we kind of just like get the process um it's it's very hard <laughs> like i'm not gonna lie it's very hard work everybody here this season is incredibly talented But we're all realizing, wow, this is the hardest show any of us have ever done. So I think it's just, yeah, it's really crazy. And I think it's just that it is. It's like we want that. Like we want to do well. We want to put something out there that's never been done before. And the fact that all of us who are, you know, so incredibly talented are so incredibly challenged. I think it's just really showing that we are just continuing to push this to the next level every chance we get.
1: Hmm. And now I'm a percussion guy, but one thing I even notice anytime I see amp is that these shows are so th- uh, theatrical compared yes. to a lot of what we see. How do they really like train you guys to perform with such a theatrical quality?
11: Yeah, I think um, you hit the nail right on the head. Theatrical was definitely a word that I wanted to use to describe it. Um, well, we really just dig into each moment. So um, there are just so many different layers to our show. There's so many different sections going on at once, and they we say. If you watch the show and you watch the right side of the floor, you're gonna see something completely different than if you're watching the left side of the floor. So I think we really just get so in the zone with what we're doing and really like committing to that character, committing to that task that we have, that it really just uh it, it just shows. It's really like coming out from our pores with like how excited we are to do it. And I think that's also part of it too. Like we genuinely like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We like the show, we like the people we're around. So I think like pulling that out is um it's not, it's not, it It doesn't feel impossible. It feels kind of natural in that way because we're having so much fun. We're actually enjoying working. So I think the fact that we're all enjoying ourselves and enjoying each other makes performing just that much more authentic and, uh, uh-huh. more relatable to the audience.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It's not like you're trying to manufacture the feeling you guys are all kind of actually feeling it while you do it.
11: Exactly.
1: That's cool. Um, well, Kai, a lot of our viewers will be familiar with this game already. We play something called March Teach Cut with all of our guests on the performer spotlight. If you could march any show, any color guard show, what would it be?
11: Um, it would be Zydeco 2012, Remember the Tin Man. Oh. Yeah, I love that show. I think theatrical is also a word that would be used to describe that. Um it really and I think the fact I like shows that reference like other source material so that you can kind of like understand where it's going, but then take a whole new spin on it. So I really like that just sad romanticism that came from that show. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as I said, 2012 was the year that I started marching. So it's really wild to me to look back at these shows and say like, wow, these are the shows that inspired me growing up. These are the shows that I wanted to be a part of. And now, you know, hopefully I'm in a show that, you know, kids today are watching and are inspired by and are making them want to push further. So I think that that show and just kind of getting back to the root of what got me going all those years yeah. ago is something I would love to be a part of. Even today.
1: I feel you. Cause that was how I felt about my first shows I saw in 2013. And I'm sure that you are certainly inspiring the next generation of performers over there at AMP. If you could teach or design a, any show, which would it be? Um, I think it would have been Avon
11: 2016. Um, crude um it was basically about oil it was about like crude oil oh, and i just okay. really liked like the darkness of it it just felt very like heavy it felt very like melancholy but like not in a way like and i just like the creative way they went about it because the flags I and mean, you know how when you have like um oil that spills in the ground it kind of has like a that rainbow effect yeah. like they went with that direction the makeup was just like, oil like dripping down the oh, face and i was yeah, just that's like really oh it just felt so like you know globby and gloopy but just like in such a great way and those and it always amazes me as well to watch like scholastic world teams like you're in Mm -hmm. high school like you are taking the SATs like how are you like doing all of this so I you know I would just have loved to have been a part of that process as well
1: yeah that's that's certainly I that's amazing I I'm shocked by what some of the people out in California do the high school drumlines out there
11: oh seriously Um,
1: and if this one's probably the hardest if you had to cut and wipe a show from existence what would it be
11: oh my gosh this is such a hard question because I was like wow like I don't want to undermine the hard work that anybody does and how much effort they put into what they
1: do. It's incendiary.
11: It is. Um, So I think if I had to choose, um, it would be Fantasia. Um, I forget which year it was. It was like 2011 around then. It was called A Good German. And basically it was about, um, you know, a group of Nazis and then one of them kind of turning away from it. And, it, you know, it was a beautiful show, but like one of the drill forms they made was a swastika. So it's kind of like, wow. oh, this, is, <laughs> this show would definitely not do well today. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was really, it was pretty. Like the choreography was great. And there's one flag soloist, like she was, because everything like froze in the middle floor and she was just like spinning like crazy. I was like, yes, this is Color Guard. But I was just like you know maybe the approach could have been a little different so
1: I yeah think she could have been just as talented in in any other doing venue, a show
11: but... about rainbows
1: doing a show about <laughs> lego blocks you know what i mean like i
11: just don't think that that was necessary
1: well that's a good choice that might be the uh, the best choice we've had for <laughs> uh for the cut ensemble um what do you think is your favorite video we'll wrap up here your favorite video of you performing
11: Um, so, I have a video, um, it's on my Twitter, actually, and it's from last year's show. Um, during the section of the show where it was, like, the chaos feature, I had a little dance solo on, um, side two, the front side two corner, and it didn't make the finals multicam. They were not interested in what I was doing, because there was a really cool rifle feature going on on side one, so they were you know, locked into that. So, you know, I was, and I didn't have, we really did not get too much time to choreograph that. They kind of just like, okay, this is your drill, like, you know, figure it out. So I worked with uh, one of my teammates, Serene, and she really helped me to bring that moment together. And I was just really proud of that because to me, that felt like a full circle moment because as I was marching and coming up, I didn't really believe in myself as a dancer. I didn't think that I moved very well. I was just like insecure with that. So to be given a dance solo on the front sideline pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like it was great. It was a great moment to connect with the audience and to just like do my thing. So I really loved that moment. Um it's not on the multicam. So if you watch that you won't see it, but um I have it on my Twitter.
1: Okay. And uh where what what is your Twitter? What's your other social medias that we could find you on?
11: Yeah. So Facebook, Kai Williams, um, Instagram and Twitter, both of them are Kai Aaron, K-A-I-A-A-R-O-N with an underscore. So Kai Aaron underscore. That's Instagram and that's Twitter.
1: Okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, Kai, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your experience with everyone. I'm looking forward to seeing your program in April.
11: Thank you so much. It was so nice speaking with you and I look forward to meeting you in person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. I've loved getting a chance to talk to Kai. He just has such a great base of knowledge about Color Guard, not just in our area, but even going back to the early 2010s. I loved getting to hear about all the different shows that he liked, what he would have wanted to march, and I thought he was really just a great person to bring on, get to learn a little bit more about AMP. But now that we've learned about the present, time to get our history lesson for this week. Each week, the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum folks are gonna give us a little bit of history so we can know what came before us. They're working on a much larger series coming in April to on a water break. So you're gonna wanna stay tuned for that. But now it's time to take a march through history. Take it away, Bill.
13: Hey everybody, this is Bill Ives from the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. With this week's fascinating snippet from the marching pageantry history. The first costume was worn by the Jolly Jesters of Toronto, Canada, in 1956. A group of servicemen in the Royal Canadian Army Service Corps wanted to perform in competitions in Canada and the United States, but because they were paid musicians in the military, they were not allowed to compete. In true drum corps fashion, of how do we get around the rules, someone came up with the idea to wear clown costumes. They bought 70 different costumes at the Malabar Costume Emporium in Toronto. At their first competition, they started the show with Be a Clown, and then they all released balloons and started their show. They won the show, and the crowd loved the performance. Someone said, don't we make a fine bunch of Jolly Jesters? And that's how they got their name. The Jolly Jesters of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The different costumes made for a very disjointed look in the drill, however. So they decided to make a costume that was half red and half white with a pointed cap and a new look was born and it was much better for the drill and gave a uniform look to a costume. But a judge told the Corps, you will never win as clowns. And in 1960, they decided to go to a more traditional uniform. The era of the clown was over and that's how that happened. Stay tuned to a future podcast episode for more fascinating snippets from the colorful history of this wonderful activity we call the Marching Arts. To learn more about the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum, go to Museum.org and follow us on social media.
5: I had no idea about this. That's so <laughs> far along. That's so cool to know that it's been Canadians that push that forward.
0: It actually never shocks me. Like Canada is such, I, I think it's just like a blessing of drum corps and color guard. And it's just, we don't talk about it enough is what it really is.
2: No, really. I mean, when I can remember back, you know, <clears throat> showing my age, a lot of the Canadian corps that I competed against and saw were always in a costume. It wasn't like a uniform, like in, in the States where, And I always thought that was cool. Like, I could never guess who they were because it was a costume, not a uniform. So that doesn't surprise me either, you know. That's kind of
1: cool. It sounds like they were ahead of the wave of where the activity goes nowadays. Now everyone else is catching on to that costume sort of um, (laughs) (laughs) approach.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's been a few cores over the decades that have tried it and... We're booed, but now you're. you're it's the reverse. Yeah, Shako, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we've learned about the past. Now it's time to move on to the present with some news. Of course, there are all kinds of Saint Patrick's Day parades going on everywhere right now. As a matter of fact, Trevor is over in Ireland right now doing a site visit for his band Western Carolina University. They Love are it. visiting Ireland in 2024. Does anybody have any St. Patrick's Day parade stories?
2: I have some stories, a lot of them, but I'll only tell one real quick. <laughs> uh, growing up uh, on the East Coast and marching in the Boston Crusaders in the, in the 90s, early 90s, um, you got wet, really wet marching in a St. Patty's Day parade uh, in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Um, Couple loads of beer splashing everywhere. It was a good time. It was a good
0: time to be underage. <laughs> <laughs> but
13: anyway, well, let's
1: get I'll our take. News
0: stories.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to suggest, Jackie, <laughs> is that I'll take our first story for this week. Um, it seems like the rest of the world is catching wind to what we've known for quite some time, which is that marching band is difficult. Um, this article <laughs> posted into the Philadelphia Inquirer. It goes on and on about how, how the injuries sustained in, in marching band and color guard specifically can really be kind of ridiculous when compared to other sports. Uh, they showed a study with 1,400 collegiate marching band and guard members. Across 21 teams, 25% of them reported sustaining musculoskeletal injuries. Um, another I believe that. Yeah, it sounds about right to me. I, I'm probably <laughs> part of the 25%. Um, <laughs> another study looked at injuries sustained during just one week of band camp and found that the overall injury rate was 124 injuries per 1000 practices. Wow. Which uh, just doesn't sound safe when you put it that <laughs> way, but <laughs> I ain't going to go tell. Um, melophone <laughs> players, trombonists and percussionists were at the highest risk. Um, that
0: surprised me that color guard wasn't up there, especially with them like talking about the,
1: With concussions, Concussions, yeah. Yeah. I would have expected that. Um,
2: But but I think, you know, color guard uh, and dancers probably stretch a lot better than definitely percussion.
1: That would make sense, (laughs) because they did add that most of the injuries are leg injuries. So I could see that being true.
4: Uh, 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 Propellers into the air, and I have an actual injury from my first... uh, prelims ever my rookie year I there was a I was doing a quad and the rifle came down and my my little pinky just went to the 45 oh Um, I uh. skimmed and my my tech Brittany she had to like calm down the rest of the color guard while somebody like pushed me away so I didn't distract everyone
1: that's terrifying, actually. Um, <laughs> my injuries are mostly internal. I am surprised I can even be a part of this podcast with how terrible <laughs> my ears are. But um, the article wraps up and it just shows that uh, at times people are literally having fevers out there on the field. They found an average temperature of about, well, a maximum average temperature of 101.1 degrees And at times, musicians' core body temps even reached 102.4 during the peaks of their performances. So,
8: I
2: believe it just
1: goes to show scientifically, nothing about this activity is easy. So,
2: no, that the astroturf is like a sponge for the heat, it just bounces it back up at you. Yeah, I can remember the heat just radiating off the turf
1: at rehearsal. Maybe we should do DCI in Canada. Uh, what would you think about that, Cynthia?
5: We would love it. I mean, there's fans that want any DCI or drum corps show back in Canada. Uh, but we have turf here, too. And it gets really warm in the summer, too. So you would have yeah. to do it in Canada in the winter. With <laughs> that would be a, and other injuries, other types.
0: Well, we, we learned a couple of weeks ago you can do marching band on ice. So, I mean... <laughs> okay, we've got the hockey bands. <laughs> oh,
1: I forgot about Army. that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I will never be able to forget about that. Oh my gosh, it's crazy! It's crazy. Ashley, what did, what story did you bring this week?
4: Um, well, you know what's crazy is when two teams that are battling it out for who's going to be on top when it comes to a basketball tournament game. And it just so happens that over in Kentucky, um, Martin County high school Cardinals were playing the Lawrence County Bulldogs and one school brought their band and the other didn't have, their band was way too small and they only go to home games. So as it turns out, they, the, the school, I believe it was Martin County. They brought their band and um, sat and kind of, brought they started to befriend people from the opposing team. And by the end of the game, they were tied, but they were also making friends. So there was this really beautiful story about this um the sense of camaraderie. And um there was this really lovely quote that I loved and it said, um, they in the mountains we just take care of each other and helping your neighbor is what has sustained us for generations. And I think it just goes to show that That's really the most beautiful part about the marching arts is we develop all these friendships across, you know, cores and different teams. And, um, that's certainly one of my favorite parts about being involved in, in color guarded marching bands. So it's really cool to see how, you know, some, somebody's marching band was able to unite these two schools, um, for such a, such a big deal of a tournament game, you know? So that's
2: like uh, a, a championship season here for Dayton out in California. All the groups piggyback on their, their way to Dayton with the trucks.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's so cool how they all uh, share an equipment truck and whatnot and get their stuff out here. That's, that's really rad. I like when that, that happens.
4: Yeah, that's a good point. And that reminds me of uh, every year I see, you know, who wants to, to order a team Texas shirt? Cause when you go to WGI, Anytime there's a Texas guard that comes out, you know, you always hear our infamous deep in the heart of Texas chant. Yeah. The clap clap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, you can even purchase a t-shirt along with it. I have no idea who is in charge of all of that, but, um, I think that's really sweet.
0: So I love that. Tom, what do you have for us this week?
2: Most of us watch the NFL. I do. I don't know who's playing, but I still watch just for funsies. I love the Patriots. Anyway, Ugh. you know, <laughs> this lovely student over at uh, Eastern University wrote an article. Her name is Han- Hannah Bonaducci. She wrote an article about should marching bands be performing at NFL halftimes? Um, yes, 100%. Uh, my high school when I was a kid we got to sign up for one Patriots game halftime performance. And they would, you know, they would raffle that off to whatever schools were were in the, the raffle. Um, and I think that would be such an awesome thing for them to bring back. Um, Cause I mean, to all these rock groups that perform at halftime, so they pay, they pay to do it. The NFL doesn't pay them to come. So, you know, I, I just yeah, think it, it's really right. What's it to, to be. Yeah, nothing to them at all, and it would just be you know a huge platform for this activity to to get to perform, even if they only showed a minute of it, you know. So, uh, great article. Uh, she just you know talks about uh, her opinion of uh, that's where it should be, and and I couldn't agree more, Hannah.
5: Cynthia, what about you? So I will go really local, but uh, further, this weekend is going to be Bethlehem Regional for us and for us, for Color Guard in general. And uh, we have four groups from Quebec going this year, which is really fun. So there's going to be the Regional A from uh, Third Legend, which actually did already the Salem Regional. And they're doing a show about bubbles. It's really nice, really well constructed. So... You check that out. There's going to be uh, the A class of Sonora that they just jumped up to A class from last year from regional A to A class. So it's going to be their premiere in A class since a long time. I cannot even say how long. And they're competing. Yes, good for them. They're going to be competing in A class. Uh, third legend has their open guard and they're really interesting this year and really intriguing with the new type of concept for them um so that's cool and of course lazy eclipse a which we do a show called breathe In, breathe out there's 10 members on the field but they feel they fill up that tarp like they're 20 they're really impressive for a very tiny group i think obviously so i think it's going to be really really interesting to see that regional and um and there's quite a lot of groups in general. So we'll see who's going to move up and down from this weekend.
0: Oh, it sounds so much fun. Like, I, I miss competing so much. And hearing about it is just like, woo! let's get back out there. <laughs> hey, Justin, how about you?
3: Well, I've got an interesting one here. Um, so two worlds that you wouldn't really put together when you would think about um, band uh, in general. Uh, but wrestling and band. What? now yeah i know when you when i say those two words together i just have i know in my head i have these like instruments against each other and all out brawl that we sometimes see in those um, high school uh, band rooms when no one's there supervising but um <laughs> that's not what this is about um so there's this really cool event um that a local um uh, uh uh, junior senior high school marching band fundraiser thing they do it's called the Springdale Slam and this is their fourth uh version of doing this apparently it's like an annual thing and basically they put on like a professional wrestling match <laughs> and like they sell <laughs> tickets and concessions and it's like this big fundraiser um for this band in um Pennsylvania um over in the Springdale area um they've been it was on a two year hiatus because of you know the the thing we don't talk about um but it <laughs> uh but it's just this really cool event that they've been putting on annually um they have like 700 seats so it's like a big big thing um with like multiple matches um like i see here they've got like four different matches listed here Um, all different weight classes. It's a true actual like professional wrestling type event. Um like the staff and you get to pay to see the staff wrestle each other. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not one of those though. I mean, I personally (laughs) if some band were to put that together, I would drive to go and see something like that. (laughs) Like seeing the staff. I mean, can you just imagine like the color guard staff going in after like the visual staff or you know, (laughs) (laughs) i mean don't mess with us color guard people i mean we're some feisty people but i can also see the percussion staff you know becoming the like the underdog winners of something like that too because you know they may be off in the back just chilling but you know they they can surprise you sometimes too high tolerance for pain over there group all
4: all drag race type and and wrestling
3: meets i love love it (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I just thought it was really cool to see some I mean, bands are always out there trying to fundraise and I thought this was a really kind of like out of the box thinking fundraiser to try to, you know, merge two different things that like don't super normally creative. go together. Yeah, super creative.
1: I'd take People that are... over a marchathon any day.
3: Oh my <sighs> gosh, absolutely.
0: People are always asking for unique ideas on like the color guard pages too. They're like, We we want to do a fundraiser, but it has to be a unique idea and it's like there's only really so many. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts, Cynthia, Ashley, Tom, Stephen, and Justin. Uh especially to Ashley and Cynthia for being our guest hosts this week. You can follow Ashley at underscore Ashley A-S-H-L-E-Y underscore Tran T-R-A-N underscore. And you can also follow Cynthia Bernard uh, at the Less Eclipse social media accounts. It's at L-E-S underscore E-C-L-I-P-S-E-S. Next week, we have some pretty great guests and you are not going to want to miss them. So go subscribe, write us a review, share this with a friend, and we'll see you at the next rehearsal on a water break.
6: Go practice.